0: Hi. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Um, Lifesong, I hope you're taking notes of where they send their pastors <laughs> and their spouses because wherever that was, that looked pretty cool. Uh, it's good. Um, good morning. It is really good to be with you. As, um, as was already told to you, my name's Rich. It uh, doesn't have to be Pastor Rich unless you're more comfortable calling me that. Um, and I would love to hang out with you guys uh, after church. And if you have any questions or just need someone to pray with, or just talk. um, I'll I'll hang out for a bit. Um, With me today is uh, my better half, much, much better half, my wife, Kristen, and um, my sister, Kim, my boy, Nate, is here. Wave, Nate, because your head, yeah, there you go. And then my other two kids are three and nine, Noah and Corinne, and I think they're hanging out with your uh, children's folks today, so... Um, Today, I am going to um, make all of the people who are here from my church, Lifesong, roll their eyes because we've been talking about the same thing for six months at our church. Yeah, six months of the same six verses of scripture because I think these uh, six or seven verses of scripture are so huge. Actually, I think it's five verses are so huge and I think we have Uh, left their potential unmined as we kind of gloss over them, that uh, it's really worth digging into them. And I have, um, my faith has grown as I've been studying these five verses. There's one of my alumni right there. Hi. It's good to see you. It's been a long time. Yeah. um, Sorry, I should have done that privately, I think, but you're all here. Hey, you got to see that reunion. Lucky you. That's for free. Just thrown in. Um, Thank you. And off from the audience. when I say, um, oh, I, 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 just, uh, I just led a devotion for the board at Oaks Christian on this same subject. And afterwards, several of the board members just came up to me and just said, wow, how have we missed that? That's exactly what we are. And um, so I would love uh, to dive into this with you today. And um, song, folks, I'm going to ask you to... Um, so, not say anything for a minute. And Conejo, folks, this is not a rhetorical question. I actually want you to shout out answers, okay? Um, we usually meet in the round when we meet, and there's a lot of discussion and stuff. So, if you don't like that, you're stuck with it today. I'm going to need your participation a little bit. When I say the word ambassador, when I say the word ambassador, what comes to mind for you? Like, what kind of things, that, say that again? Of Christ, dude, come on! Well played. Somebody reads his Bible. I love that. Um, so, uh, being an ambassador of Christ. What else? Yeah. Being part of the government of God. That's all. Whew, we got a lot to play with there. What about in a What about in a secular sense? What? Yeah, liaison. That's good. A representative. Yeah. Someone who sent. Whew, this is good. Henry Kissinger. That's right. Today I'll be preaching on Henry Kissinger. Please pay attention. Yes. Um, what else? Being in a foreign country. An ambassador isn't an ambassador if they're home. They're just a senator, right, <laughs> or whatever it's called. Um, what else? Yeah. Being the face of something. Wow. You must have been educated at a fine institution. That is. Yes. That is exactly right. Yes. Being the face or the representation of something else. Absolutely. Um, yeah, 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 so the ambassador basically takes the word from someone else to some, is that where you're going there? Okay, so whatever their king tells them, they go somewhere else and say, so you see where I'm going here, right? An ambassador is someone who knows his king and his kingdom so well that he can go into another kingdom and share his kingdom that he's from, and the news of his king with those people in such a persuasive way that they want to learn about that king and that kingdom. Are you following, following me there? And the ambassador, the, there's a big difference between an ambassador and an army, right? Because armies do the same thing. They go and share news of their king and their kingdom, but what are the weapons of a soldier? Guns, tanks, missiles, planes. Now, (laughs) it doesn't take... You don't have to be a a master student of history to learn that when those are the tools that are used, there is very little learning that happens between cultures. And actually, whoever has the bigger guns and bombs at one time, they'll bomb someone else. And then what does that culture do over the next few decades? Yeah. (laughs) They build up bombs, and Jesus was always worried about the heart, right? Their hearts are burning for what the one side would call revenge, and they would just simply call justice. And as their hearts are formed, thinking about building this industrial-military complex to build up more and more and more weapons, then eventually they have the bigger weapons, and they go back and they bomb that king and that kingdom, And there you have world history in 37 seconds, right? And Jesus walks into that, and he says, no. It's not the way it works. If you want to speak of his king and his kingdom, then you have to be an ambassador, not a soldier. So ambassadors show up in a new place And there's a couple of things that ambassadors could get wrong, right? One of them could be they show up in this new kingdom, and then they just baptize the culture that they get in. So they go, okay, we're going from our kingdom over to another kingdom, and we've, of course, got to build relationships if we're not going to be soldiers, but we're going to use the weapons of peace, friendship, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, kindness, self-control, all those fruit of the spirit kind of things, right? If they're going to do that in that culture... They have to go and they have to build friendships and relationships and learn that culture. But sometimes they might go there and go, wow, it's really nice here. Um, Whatever they're doing, we got to do that too. And some of that will be good. There'll be good exchanges because if your king is powerful enough, he's probably got outposts all over the place, right? You might not even know about some of them, right? But if you go to that new kingdom and you just simply go, wow, wow. This is really cool. And then you become part of that kingdom. Are you an ambassador anymore? You're just an immigrant. You're, um, you're now part of that host culture. So if Jesus says his whole point in coming was really two things, to live and proclaim the kingdom of God and to die for the sins of all humanity so that we could all have access to those uh, to that king kingdom, then as ambassadors, it's our job to go into new places and bring the kingdom of God with us and we use uh, as our weapons self-sacrificial love as opposed to the weapons that the world uses which means we literally go someplace where we may not be welcome and we tell those people what is it that you need from me that I could provide for, for you that might cost me something and if you've built a good enough relationship for them to tell you that, then you step out and you act on it. And then you have earned the right to be heard and your king and his kingdom might begin to grow in that place. Now this is a little different to the Christianity I grew up with and maybe you have too, which basically says we're going to find some place and we're going to root ourselves there and we'll keep changing music styles and the way we dress. And and if things aren't going real well, then we'll change the time of when we meet. And then we will... (laughs) That hit home with someone. And then we're going to ask people to come to us. And if they come to us, then they get to hear about this message. And maybe then their lives will start to be transformed. And then maybe they'll invite other people here, right? Well, that's an interesting version of Christianity. It's not Jesus's. Jesus's was literally that we would become ambassadors. And we would build, what does an ambassador live in overseas? An embassy, which is sovereign soil of his kingdom someplace else. Your homes are Christ's embassy. Your body is Christ's temple. And you have the power and the authority of the king everywhere you go. And you speak on his behalf, and you act on his behalf, and you love on his behalf. And Westboro Baptist Church, you also curse and slander, and when you hate, you do it on his behalf, and the world sees him in you in very twisted ways. So this ambassador business, it's serious stuff. We read through it. Um, Let's go ahead and throw it up on the screen in the passage here. We read through it, and we're like, ambassadors for Christ. Woohoo! I'm game for that. If you really know what that was about, I think you'd be on your knees every morning, right? And maybe two or three times throughout the day, too. It is an incredibly high and holy calling. As I was preaching about this for what, Life Song, the 194th time, uh, last, last time we gathered, uh, right afterwards, one of my friends came up to me, and I, I said, he was a pastor as well before, and I said, well, what did you think, did I talk too much, was it all right, and he goes, I don't know what you said, I said, thanks, I appreciate that, <laughs> that's, uh, that's not uncommon, <laughs> and he goes, um, I was just stuck on this. Uh, um, keep keep going. Uh, where there? He did it. Yeah, that one. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He goes. I heard that line and I just quaked in my seat for the rest of worship. I said, "What line?" He said, "That we would become the righteousness of God." Like, what business does God have? calling me the righteousness of God. Ask my wife. That's a big jump, right? That I am the righteousness of God, that we are the righteousness of God. He said, I heard that line, and I just kind of sat there just quaking in my seat for a while. I am the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God. What does that really mean? Well, in, in Greek, um, let me see. If, now I can tell you the whole word. Say this word after me dikaiosune. Ready? Dikaiosune. In one thunderous round. Ready? Dikaiosune. Dikaiosune. Well played. Dikaiosune is that word in Greek. It means righteousness. Alternately, it can be translated justice. Okay, let's put that in there. So that in him, we might become the justice of God. Like when we read the righteousness of God, we think we might become, you know, removal of sin in some kind of ethereal way because Jesus was the righteousness of God on the cross and stuff, right? no. I mean, yes, he did that. What it really means is we would become, in theologian Gary Black's terms, he, the kind of people who do the right thing at the right time for the right reason. That's what it means. That we are literally being transformed by Christ, who does all this ambassador business in us, into the kind of people who are being formed into the, the kind of people who do the right thing at the right time for the right reason let's say that together we do the right thing for the right at the right time i screwed that up we do the right thing at the right time for the right reason i'm glad this being recorded for everyone to see that's good yeah <laughs> pastor kirk's going to come back he's never coming here again he screwed that up um This isn't about some weird cosmic arrangement between you and God or about your inner prayer life or anything. I mean, all of that is involved in it. This is literally about Christ transforming us because of what he has done and who he is so that we are actually empowered to do what every other worldview and religion and everything else actually claims to do. And that is he can actually transform our inner selves so that instead of, Craving revenge and vengeance and all the rest of the stuff on people who aren't like us, we can naturally do the right thing at the right time for the right reason for people who live in other kingdoms. And by other kingdoms, for them, that would have meant, you know, study the Greek world for a little bit. Every city was like an entirely different civilization. So they could walk two minutes away and be another kingdom. The house next door to you is another kingdom. Your job is another kingdom. Can I get an amen? Right? The place where you spend your free time is another kingdom. For some of my friends, that's a, that's a cigar shop. That's, that's the kingdom that they've been implanted in to bring the good news of the king. In his. So I've got friends who go and smoke cigars and drink some beers, and they're doing kingdom of God work. Right? Some places in the deep south, I would have just been kicked out of the church for saying that. Right? Yeah. But here's the reality. Wherever you spend your time now, and even if that time hasn't been redeemed, even if Jesus was like, I'd prefer you didn't go there. <laughs> but while you're there, make sure you tell people about me. Because you're a work in progress, right? I mean, raise your hand if you're perfect. <laughs> I put my hand down, honey, really quick. Right? right? There, so we're all works in progress, and we're all taking the news of our king and his kingdom into other kingdoms, wherever that might be. And we have this incredible blessing that God might say because of what he has done, we can become the kind of people who do the right thing at the right time for the right reason without even trying. Jesus didn't have to think. When he was on the cross and he's hanging there and he looks at the people who are killing him and in a second he could snap his fingers and do whatever he wanted. I mean, I've let my mind roam with that for like 10 seconds, and I come up with liquefy their bones. <laughs> right? Told you I wasn't perfect. <laughs> Just proved it. Right? He could, have done, he could have called down fire from heaven. You know. He didn't have to try to say, Father, forgive them. They know what they do. It was who he was. And remember, he talked about, you know, a good, free be- good tree bears good fruit and all that business. You can become the kind of human being who naturally loves your enemy. To hate them would feel weird. You can become the kind of human being who naturally prays for those who say slanderous things about you. You can naturally become the kind of person who doesn't worry because you know that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And even if this life were to be taken from you, as Revelation 21 says, uh, or actually Revelation chapter 1, he holds the keys of Hades and death. So, you know, world, do what you want. I know who's got me on the other side. He's the only king and the only kingdom whose kingdom won't come to an end. Ben Howard has a great song. says, every king knows this to be true, that every kingdom will one day come to an end. Nope. There's one. There's one king in one kingdom whose kingdom whose reign will never come to an end, and his name is Jesus. Uh, I'll leave you with these uh, with these words. Um, might be fun when you're at home today to sit around and family or friends or whoever you're here with and just talk about who are the ambassadors in your life, right? Because I guarantee you if somebody won you to Christ, it wasn't with a bullhorn on Third Street Promenade, right? Like Nobody probably held up a sign saying, you're going to burn in hell, and you were like, hmm, tell me more about your faith. I can't <laughs> wait, right? Like, uh, that, that has never, I've, that's never worked. I have heard some great messages on heaven and hell that convicted me of sin, but they were always from someone I trusted. Because otherwise, I'm not going to open up, right? I'm not going to think about that stuff, right? Um, talk amongst yourselves. Who were your ambassadors who led you to meet this king and led you into this kingdom? And what was it they did? And maybe you could kind of replicate that. It would be kind of fun to sit around lunch or dinner table and share stories of those ambassadors. One of our great ambassadors in the Christian faith, um, as we most churches are celebrating Pentecost around the world today. This is the day that the Holy Spirit filled the church, right? And um, Mother Teresa is one of those Holy Spirit-filled people. And I uh, was showing one of my classes, an interview with a famous sociologist. Uh, I think Mary Poplin is her name. And if you want to see this whole story, you can go to the Veritas Forum on YouTube and look up what college students need to know. And she was, before, she, before her encounter with Mother Teresa, she was a self-professed liberal, 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 liberal feminist. So not just you know, women and men deserve to be valued equally, but men were really, really bad kind of feminist, right? And an absolute atheist and secular humanist and a professor in our university system. I know that's shocking to some of you, but there are a few out there. And she had no time for Jesus, Christianity, or any kind of faith, but she did believe in general good liberal values. Some of my favorite people in the world are cuddly atheists who just love people. And they just think the best way to live is to be kind to people, so they're going to keep doing it, right? And she was one of kind of those people, um, A little bit weird in some aspects of her life, as she confesses on that video. But generally, she was concerned with serving the poor, bringing justice to those who didn't have it, equality and equal rights and all that kind of good stuff. And so um, she looked around the world to see who was doing that stuff, and she was like, ooh, a nun. Mother Teresa, well, I'm sure this religion business is just piled on top of it. And so um, shortly thereafter, Jesus showed up to her in a dream and freaked her out. And she went, okay, I'm a professor of sociology. This stuff doesn't happen to me. And she was into transcendental meditation and some other stuff that she completely controlled. And she goes, I don't know what to do. And then she found herself booking a plane ticket to go work with the Sisters of Mercy with Mother Teresa. And here's the amazing thing. When she was done holding babies who were the poorest of the poor in war-torn regions, who they knew they couldn't get enough food or medicine to save their lives, and she stared into their eyes and stroked their backs as they passed away. And she watched the Sisters of Mercy doing this hour after hour after hour after hour, day after day after day after day after day, day, having taken vows of poverty themselves, just holding babies who were dying day after day after she realized that in her secular vocabulary, she had no way to academically describe what she had seen. There were no words that accurately gave a depiction of the mercy that she had seen. That if she were to say, there were these incredible human beings who were really selfless, it fell short. Nobody's that selfless. And so finally she went to Mother Teresa and she said, how do you do this every day? I, I don't have words. I can't do this. And she said, my primary two works are devotion to Jesus and prayer, and everything else flows from that. And that changed Mary Poplin's life. She became a radically committed follower of Jesus after that. And it wasn't because she had been convinced of her sin and hell and the rest of that stuff. It was because she had seen the beauty of the king and his kingdom in the life of another person who was an ambassador for Christ who did naturally the right thing at the... For the... I did it right and so did you. Well played, right? And Mother Teresa led him into meeting her king and his kingdom. And it wasn't a weird fit. By the time that she had seen that ambassador at work, she went... Where else can I find this? Like whatever this is, I want in on it, (laughs) right? And my prayer for you, Conejo Church. Knowing your pastor and his wife and what amazing people they are, being on the board at James Storehouse and seeing Stacy being paid for you know two hours and working 190 a week, right? Like, and how much they love people. My prayer for you is that the only thing that would draw people to your gathering, I mean, you've got amazing worship, like cool seats, really nice people. But I pray that God would grow you in depth and in numbers because your lives radiate the king and his kingdom everywhere you go. I pray that would take root in my church too. But we're really one church, right? Two congregations together. It's kind of fun. I think I'm done. Let me pray. Um, we're going uh, to have Mark and the worship team come up. And uh, if you would like to chat with me after about any of this stuff or have questions or push back, um, discuss whatever you'd like, um, we can do that. But let me say a, a prayer for you and a, and a blessing over you, if you don't mind. Well, Holy Spirit, we, uh, we welcome you here. Um, the first thing I pray, Lord, is that anyone who heard that, that that message would not be a weight on their shoulders like they've got to shape up, but that they'd be mature enough in faith to realize there is no shaping up with you, that uh, we cannot by our own effort accomplish what you have accomplished. We cannot by our own effort become good people. We can become better people. But God, you can transform us in ways that we can't do on our own. And so we lay down the things that we have done in thought and in word and in deed, the things we have done, the things we have left undone. We just simply say we fall short. And, and we ask that uh, you would be the one who transforms and empowers us to become something more. Holy Spirit, would you um, anoint and reside in Kaneho Church, would you work in the lives of foster kids and in Pastor Kirk and, pa- and Stacy's life so that they could be the leaders of this church that you've called them to be? Be with each one of your disciples who are here today or those who are exploring being your disciple. And may your kingdom be evident in their lives by the way they love people, whether they like them or not. Teach us what it means to be your ambassadors so that we might actually become the righteousness of God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said,